Hi, I'm Lowell. And I'm Aiden. And this is I Read the News Today. Oh, boy. We... Oh, are not journalists. Pundits. Or cornhuskers, but uh, we do read the news. And we're here to talk about the shit that's going on. Today is July the 30th of 2019. So, Aiden, uh, uh, what is news, please and thank you? Do you mean the concept of news? I mean, what are we talking about today? Okay, so we're going to talk about extinction-level events. Extinction-level event that wasn't. We're specifically going to talk about something that I think didn't really hit the news very hard, but happened this past uh, Friday. (laughs) It also didn't hit the earth pretty hard. You're choosing your words so good. Yeah. So there was a near asteroid collision with the earth yes this past friday that that was friday the 26th of july of july in the year of our lord 2019 this collision this near collision it was not a collision luckily was it a near miss it was a near miss or was it a near hit it was both okay um well it was yeah puzzle that one through linguistically it doesn't really matter yeah what is Particularly shocking about this is that scientists did not know that this was a potential to happen mm-hmm. until about two days prior to the the pass. And why was that? One of the reasons was that it was approaching Earth from the direction of the sun, which makes it harder for us to track it. Mm-hmm. The other reason... Can you do me a favor? Yeah. Explain to me why that is. Well, because when we're trying to detect things, we're using light. And so, A, if the sensors are extremely exposed by light, we're not going to pick it up. But the other reason was because if it's coming around the sun, it's being hidden by the sun. Was I pretty much a deadbeat lab partner in senior year astronomy? It's very, very true that you were. So actually, I wasn't thinking about the fact that we were in astronomy together when yeah. I when we picked this. But yes, so we are going to be talking a bit about astronomy. And Aiden is currently using his fists and, and creating an orbit. He's he's creating actually a very inaccurate orbit uh, because you, your orbit was circular instead of elliptical, which is something that we're going to be discussing. Yeah. Slightly. We're not going to get too into the weeds with the science on this. Thank God. <laughs> so some of the interesting things about this asteroid is that it passed by Earth at a speed of 15 miles per second, or for those who don't really think in miles per second, about 5,400 miles per hour. Okay. For context, I'll be using an airplane for context a lot in this. An airplane's cruising speed for like a Boeing 747, something that you're going to be on for a intercontinental trip, is going to be 575 miles per hour. So this is 10 times the speed. And there was something in one of the articles we read that compared it to compared the size yes so that's the next thing that i was going to say so this generally would not be considered a large object it was between 187 and 427 feet in diameter now the length of an airplane is 240 feet in other words 
it is about the size, about the size of an airplane, of an airplane yeah. but going 10 times the speed. And correct me if I'm wrong, but exactly the same shape. Uh, you are wrong, oh. but uh, good try. But it's going 10 times the speed. Yes. Which that difference creates a lot of issues. Yeah. So if this... I'm going to bust out a science word here. That creates a lot of hot, right? Yes, a lot of energy. Yeah. Which heat is a type of energy. I know. I know. I know you know. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of energy, if this collision had taken place, it would have created 30 times the energy of Hiroshima. The bombing of Hiroshima. The bombing of Hiroshima. Yes. So it would have created a an enormous blast and in fact now this is one of the things that i don't get what is why why do these things sometimes explode sometimes explode well that's because the best way to talk about that is to talk about conservation of energy now bear with god this sucks so much i know it's like being in a science class i know i'm not going to go into this too much but in other words, you can't make energy disappear. So if something that's going at 5,000 Newton's, Newton's laws, laws, yeah, yeah. Uh, if it. something that's going 5,400 miles per hour hits something and suddenly goes from 5,400 miles per hour to zero miles per hour, that energy needs to be released somehow. And in this case, a lot of the energy is going to be released in heat. But are these are are the, like the the couple of examples of uh, meteorite impacts that we looked at? Yeah, are they hitting something? So you you mean when they, but when so, they explode? So we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because there are a lot of different. We can come back to why rocks go boom later. Well, if you want to, no, I I think that I think that we can segue. So there are have been a lot of collisions of smaller objects with the Earth. Do you know Earth. roughly, jumping off what you just said, do you yeah. know roughly how much energy was created when the inventor of the Segway died falling off a cliff <laughs> while riding a Segway? No, but is that a true story? I think it is. I'm pretty sure he did that. Because <laughs> otherwise I need to cut that. Segway yeah, company. Segway company owner rides scooter off cliff. Oh my. So how much energy did he create? Well, uh, he he didn't create any energy. Well, Matt, yeah, matter cannot be created or destroyed. Nor it can, can only be. Nor can it. Energy but is the type of matter. That's okay. We're getting very advanced here. That's Einstein. Good job. I guessed. <laughs> <laughs> it's it isn't it isn't. But let's let's get a little out of the weeds okay. on this. Okay. What you had referenced a little bit earlier was that is this when big rocks go boom. Yeah, okay. in that there have been quite a few in recent history, smaller collisions, and I'm using air quotes on collisions, because a lot of these collisions are collisions with the Earth's atmosphere, but there is no okay. there so, is no touchdown of the asteroid itself. So just just so that I can explain that. The reason for that is because as as smaller rocks are entering the atmosphere the atmosphere air has uh, has friction as something is coming into the atmosphere that friction with miles and miles and miles of air is creating a lot of heat even before an actual collision with a solid object so very often these things burn up there are a lot of reasons why it could explode but 
often gets so hot that it explodes. Okay. And so there is specifically in 2013, there was a collision with the Earth's atmosphere. Do you have how big that that asteroid was? Um, I'm sure I can find it. Uh, 20 m's? 20 meters. Cool. So 20 meters is about 60 feet. But by the time it was anywhere near the Earth's crust, it was would have been much smaller because mm-hmm. a lot of it would have burned up. But that exploded over Chelyabinsk, Russia. I'm saying that as best as I can. I, I don't think you could get much better than that. Um, and 1,500 people were injured from the resulting shockwave. So this wasn't... This, Nobody was hit by... This was rock. no shrapnel. Yeah. This is just the the force of the explosion mm-hmm. because it is releasing so much energy pushing out so so it's basically like like really dense sound waves like sound waves that you can feel because it's a sound wave is just air being pressurized so it's an enormous shock wave mm-hmm. that is Pushing people to the ground. So to put this in terms that you can understand, okay. it's like that uh-huh, scene that I can in the beginning of Fallout 4 when you're going into the vault. Yeah. And there's a bunch of stu- sound stuff coming at you. Yeah, exactly. So in most images that you will see of a nuclear explosion, there's a, a shockwave yeah. before any now of the fire. No, you know, that question, the question I was about to ask does I not really matter. need to know. I was going to say it, it totally does not matter. I need to know. I anyway. was under the impression that that shockwave w- was radiation of some kind. No. Okay. So radiation does not have really any physical attribute. That That is air. So that is rapid compression and expansion of air that causes that shockwave. But I, I get why you would think that. But I'm going to ace it, the test at the end of this class. Yeah. So let's let's move away from this being a class, though. So let's talk about what Earth's ability is to avoid these threats. OK, so um, we can send Bruce Willis up in a big spaceship. Yeah. So uh, while Aerosmith, I, I did talk to a few other people about this before we recorded this. And a lot of them were like, just launch nukes at it and so there the answer is not necessarily the answer isn't no. no the answer is not no the answer is that is the absolute last thing that we want to do yeah if nothing else has ever worked because it would be a crime that's true one of the articles that we read <laughs> said that it is Ill- <laughs> the use of nuclear weapons in space is illegal Actually, before we move on to that, did you see the fireballs detected by U.S. sensors 1988 to 2017? This is from an article, How NASA Hunts the Asteroids That Could Smash Into Earth by Vox. And this is a very good article. I, I highly recommend it. But they have one slide on here that shows all of the various fireballs that have come from the sky and so you can see that really there is no place on earth that has had no sort of impact usually not impact with the earth but impact with the atmosphere there are a couple just a couple in in the multi hundred kiloton range now there's there's one big one yeah one um, big one 
in is that now the big one in Russia is that that is the 2013 Chelyabinsk yeah for lack of a better Russian yeah so that's that's the only really big one but as you can see there have been moderate ones there's a fairly large one in Egypt yeah and Indonesia was that the well no that and a few work and all. quite a few over the ocean so that's another thing even if there was a a collision there is more ocean surface than land surface and before we started recording uh i asked you a question that now makes me feel really dumb okay which is why do they keep hitting russia (laughs) (laughs) and uh do you do you remember my answer uh there's a lot of russia (laughs) (laughs) there's a whole lot of russia uh if you look at any map it is it takes up a lot of the space it's it's arguably the largest country arguably I, I don't well, I'm not sure if that is arguable. I would say it's not the largest country in terms of number of chads. <laughs> I would agree with you on that one. <laughs> I don't have any of the data to support that, but I would I would be willing to guess that it's not the largest country in terms of number of chads. Yeah. I I think that that's very likely. Um number of African American presidents that also lags behind it? It does. Yeah. Um Amount of uh, civil liberties. Oh, this is, <laughs> is not a politics podcast. Oh yes. Oh right. We 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 were we were finally getting away from politics, and now we're drifting back in. So let's get back out of politics. I just don't want to get murdered by Putin. <laughs> Same man. Same. Um, I check my tea for uranium. I also have here a list of closest close approaches to Earth by asteroids and. It is interesting that the past few years have had quite a few more than than earlier in the uh, 2000s, but that is utterly random. Yeah. Um, so another- and that is also that also could be better detection. Speaking of detection, in 1998, the United States Congress, I believe. Yes. Uh, the United States Congress. In response, I believe, to the film Armageddon. (laughs) Probably. I mean, it it came out that year. The United States Congress gave NASA an order to start tracking 90% of all near-Earth cataclysmic-sized asteroids. Mm -hmm. And cataclysmic, is that one kilometer wide or larger yes okay. so those are the ones one kilometer wide or larger mm-hmm. so 10 kilometers is the estimated size of the asteroid that hit earth and caused the extinction of dinosaurs mm-hmm. so to be clear this most recent asteroid was not 10 kilometers it was only 427 feet yeah. there's a big difference what we, I, what we haven't quite said yet is that even at 200 feet, it's estimated that this, if this had hit Earth, it would have created a, a crater the size of New York City or bigger, which is nothing to, to laugh at. Uh, it, it came— 20- Is that including the water parts of New York City? The water parts? Yeah. I don't know, but I believe that it, since it includes— uh, Queens and Brooklyn and Staten Island for and Bronx. Uh, Look at you knowing all your boroughs. Um, I think that it includes the water in between them. Okay. We also haven't quite said yet exactly how close to Earth this came. Imagine 
the Earth and the Moon. That is a distance of 238,900 miles between the two, from surface to surface. Now, from surface of the Earth to the surface of this asteroid, at its closest, it was only 45,000 miles. That is less than a quarter, almost a fifth of the distance. That's really close. Yeah, there's that there's that video on the um I think it's the the CBS uh article has yeah. it. It, it. This this is a video that's that was released by NASA. It's been going around. It's it is a simulation of the paths of the Earth and the inner planets as well as this asteroid. And as you can see, elliptical paths. Kepler's laws. Anyway. Also, fun fact, the uh Earth is not in the center of this thing. Yeah, which is another thing that you were kind of confused by when you were looking at it, right? You were confused as to why the Earth was also moving? <laughs> I didn't consider that the Earth would also be moving. <laughs> yes, the Earth is moving. For all of those out there who, who are unaware, it's okay. The Earth moves. We're finally going to get that Galileo guy. <laughs> we're finally, we're finally going to get him. And so, so, yeah, I mean, that, like, looking at the, the video. Yeah. There, there are so many kind of variables that go like it's not it, it's it's there's more variables than if the Earth were just standing still and it's coming straight at us. Yeah, but actually the variables that you're not even thinking about at this point, I'm fairly oh, certain. Christ, <laughs> the real reason why it's harder. So so as I said, NASA is is actively tracking all of the one kilometer and larger asteroids. The thing that really scares scientists are asteroids of this size. Because it does have the destructive power to destroy a city, but it is much harder to track. And the reason for that is it's far more susceptible, because of its speed and motion, to the gravity of the planets that it's passing. Okay. So it becomes very difficult to predict where it will be to a high degree because of the fact that it is passing other large asteroids, planets, the sun— and Earth, all of which have their own gravity, all of which are skewing its path slightly. And slightly, 45,000 yeah. 45, miles is slightly in this, in this scenario. Lots of football fields. Yeah. 45,000 miles is very slight, considering if I went all the way around the world right now, it would be 25,000 miles. That is less than half the distance that this was off. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I got that. Yeah. So if I... You went, should leave exactly how much silence it took me to pull yeah, through that. I might, I might. If I went around the world twice, I would have gone the same distance as I would have had to go to get to that asteroid. Now, I challenge you. Can you go around the world twice? In, in 80, 80 days. days. Yes, probably very easily at this Ample point. time to <laughs> circumnavigate the globe. <laughs> so, so... Jules Verne is spinning around this globe. That's him, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, you don't have to look it up. I know that it is. Yes. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about objects that are very hard to track that could cause enormous amounts of damage, more damage than any weapon that we have. Well, that's that's not quite true. But some of these could cause more damage than any weapon that we have on Earth. How big of a threat is this? Well, so while, while I was thinking about it, I like... There, there are sort of two major impact events that have gotten really any kind of coverage, one of which is the 2013 Chelyabinsk meteor, and the other one was the um, Tunguska event, 
that also occurred in Russia in 1908. Mm-hmm. And we know, like, there, there are t- so many meteors that have reached Earth. Yeah. None of whom have destroyed a city. Now, granted, we haven't... We have very grand, short history yeah, of Yeah, in the grand cities. scheme of how long we've had cities relative to how long we've had an Earth. Yeah. How long have we had an Earth? 6,000 years, as the Bible flies. <laughs> As none of you would know, because I cut it out of the last episode, I was not certain of the exact dates of the Civil War. So this is kind of my revenge. We we moved from history to science, and so I'm now on the the upper upper hand, and and you you are no longer the more knowledgeable one. I I don't yeah I I. <laughs> I was operating under a geocentric view of the universe for a lot of our research. Uh, but again, we're finally going to burn that Galileo guy. <laughs> oh, no. There are 20,000 near Earth asteroids and there are up there right now. Yes, up there. Out out beyond our, okay, our up relative yeah. to me. Up relative to you. Sure. Yeah. So. 20,000 near-Earth asteroids. Now, as I said, in 1998, we started tracking the one kilometer... Because of Bruce Willis's heroic sacrifice. Yes. Spoilers. Also, in 2005, the Congress again directed NASA to find 90% of the near-Earth objects 140 meters or larger. So this one would, would be classified within that range. Now, we are nowhere near done with that they find about 800 per year at that size range and they think that it will take three or more decades to find all 25,000 of them so they're actively working to find asteroids this size but it's going to take a while because they they are harder to find uh, and harder to track at the moment there are 2,000 potentially hazardous objects that come within four million miles about four and a half million miles of earth and are large enough to cause damage. There's also, in this Vox article, there's a nice chart that shows the diameter of the asteroid in comparison with what the effects are. And so wind is up to 100 meters. Lowell. Yep. Take me through how I wrap my mind around what this chart is saying. Uh, I will. Okay. So the gray is wind killing people. Okay. And that's going to kill the most people. Pressure. So that's like the fable of the sun and the wind had a battle over who could get a guy to um, remove his coat. I don't know that fable. The wind was like, I'm going to force him. And the sun was like, I'm just going to do my thing and shine. And it's like, you should just do your thing and shine. Because the the wind, when the wind was like, I'm going to force him, the guy hung onto his coat even more. And when the light done shine, the guy was like, it's all hot now and I'm going to take off my coats. Did you read Aesop? I didn't read that one. Thank you for it. It was in the, the illustrated Aesop's fables that I'm I had. trying to decide whether or not it is, in fact, relevant to what we're talking about. I'm not sure it is. Let me go back. So this is a chart that says average number of casualties by size to asteroid. It is casualties versus diameter. And then the number of casualties is broken down by the effect. Under 50 meters, really, you're just going to have air bursts. You're going to have you're probably going to have some casualties from from those air bursts near 50 meters. Then as you get to 100 meters, you also have problems with thermal casualties, so people who are hit by waves of heat mm-hmm. and and die that way. And you also have possibilities of tsunamis that mm-hmm. could cause damage. Then in the absence of water, there would be very little risk of tsunami. 
Yes. Uh, if, if it was like the one in Russia, which was completely over land, there's, yeah. it's very unlikely you're going to have that issue. Now, as you get up, you also, you also end up having pressure be an issue, uh, which, is, which is very similar to that burst of energy that you were talking about in Fallout. You have just a very few, almost, almost no casualties, up to 400 meters in size of the asteroid that would be caused by ejecta, which ejecta is going by to be act, like blunt actually, force trauma. Yes, yeah. blunt force trauma. That is going to be very limited. But wind is actually going to be the biggest factor. People who are literally blown away and hit, and, and hit things and have bones break. Like the wind in Aesop. Like the wind in Aesop. I'll see if I can find a way to get that story no, in here. it has to stay in there. Yep. Uh, I'm the wind. I'm the old push. <laughs> <laughs> then we, we talk about, okay, so that's, that's what would happen. We experience a, a collision. How do we stop this? We, we, we're tracking these objects. First off, have I not said we send Bruce Willis up in the spaceship? You have said Enough it. times? You have said it. And Aerosmith has to play? <laughs> now, it's we, really important that you don't close your eyes. We've said you that you don't want to fall asleep because you'll miss a thing and you don't want to miss a thing. Steven Tyler's the best lyricist ever. <laughs> we we have said that we are tracking a bunch of a bunch of these larger objects. We don't expect any collisions with any of those for well over a hundred years, thousand years, etc. A a truly large collision of a kilometer or larger only happens historically has only happened on Earth once every half million years, which is a very long period of time. Is that why Littlefoot died? That is why Littlefoot and Sarah and all of their friends died. D- even Ducky? Even Ducky. What was the mute one? Edward. I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure it was Edward. I don't think that's true. I think that it was I think that it was Edward. Why was one of them Littlefoot? One of them was Ducky, one of them was Petrie, and then Sarah <laughs> and Ed. Yeah, right? S- Spike, right? Spike. Why did I think Edward? Is it Spike? It is Spike. Spike the Stegosaurus. Yeah. So the weirdest and yet most legitimate proposal for how to divert an asteroid. And it's divert, not destroy, because destroy can cause... Yeah, make it bad. It can make it bad. It's very hard to predict. The reason why we're not going to go straight off to the nuking option is because it's very hard to predict where those little shards will go. Um, And in fact, a lot of scientists believe that it would be almost as bad if not worse to have thousands of of smaller uh rocks so you're saying that michael bay did film that i have said that before and this isn't the worst thing he's done by far but yes i'm sorry michael bay but i'm not that sorry michael bay if you're listening (laughs) michael bay if you ever listen to this yeah uh (laughs) i could be optimist prom (laughs) Why can't Optimus Prime sound like this? I don't know why you sound like this right now. I'm Optimus Prime. I'm a big. I'm a big robot. Is he? I don't know. I haven't seen any of them. We've gotten very off topic. I'm going to get back to topic just so that we can close this off. So one of the theoretically most viable options would be to create a large beam of ions. Now ions, we're not going to get very much into because I already see Aiden's eyes glazing over. <laughs> Ion is like light and stuff, right? Ions are... No, I'm thinking of photons. Ions are atoms with excess electrons. That is the best way for me to simply say it. So electrons have energy. That's all that you need to know. So it would be a beam of ions that would gently push the object out of the way. Now... 
for most objects that they're talking about doing this with, they would need months to years of constant beaming. There isn't currently a device to do this. We don't currently have that as a physical device. So right now, the hope is that they would not have two days, but a decade in order to know that something like this was coming. What if we got Mr. Wind to blow real hard at it? I really, I don't think so, but thank you. So the the next option after ions would be to take a bunch of spaceships. Now it's proposed that we do have, that we would need about 20 spaceships to push it subtly out of the way. Do you have any sense of how many spaceships we have as a people? Not that. We don't have anywhere near that many. We don't have, like... As, as a human race, we don't have 20 spaceships? Yes. Okay. We don't have 20 shuttles of the, with the capacity that would be to, to do this. Yo, Frank's got to get working now, on his Now, we have, we have, um, we, we do have spacecraft. We have more than that in spacecraft, but not in the types of shuttles that, that this is talking okay. about. So okay. that would also need an extraordinary amount of time, an extraordinary amount of money in order for development. So that is not an option that we currently have at this moment. Now, the... How many Bruce Willis's do we have? <laughs> only the one. So another option would be to take a single spacecraft that would then grab a smaller asteroid and use the gravity of that smaller asteroid to, to steer it off path. Again, this would take a lot of time. It doesn't... Yeah, that doesn't exist. But now... Let's let's look at the the odds of this being a problem. The odds of this being a huge problem is not large, especially a cataclysmic event in our lifetimes. It is far more likely that we will have cataclysmic events due to climate change. Fake news. Yes. Or our own nuclear war. That is a higher probability at this moment. Small asteroids hitting the Earth is is a constant the question is how big and ones that are large enough to cause significant damage. Yeah, it could happen. There's no question, but it, it is not as likely as one might think. Space is big and empty. There's far more chance of anything passing us by 45,000 miles than it is of hitting us. At the end of the day, it's not a big concern. But it could be. It's a little chilling, but we've had one somewhat large hit in the past hundred years. Yeah. So it's it's not there in the lifetime of certain people on Earth. We've had two. Yep. Yeah, we've had we've had two in in a lifetime. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have been <laughs> in in 1908 when that happened? What yeah. did they think? I'm really glad that there wasn't anything... Like, since we've said that there's a large chance of of these hitting Russia, I'm glad that this didn't happen during during I mean, the Cold War. it did war. happen in 2013. Yeah. But I'm glad it didn't happen during the yeah. Cold War because that could have very quickly escalated. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think that that's really everything that I wanted to cover on this. Is there anything, any other lingering questions you have about... Asteroids? Not lingering questions, but I didn't get a chance to talk about Tutankhamun's meteoric iron dagger. Please go ahead. Um, King Tut was buried with a dagger that we've determined was very likely made out of a meteor. Oh, that's a nice little button. 
with that, don't worry too much, and we'll take a little break. Thank you for listening to I Read the News today. Oh boy. We really appreciate your support. Please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to our podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you you listening, and we would love to hear more about, more from you about what you think of the show at Twitter at NewsOboy or our email, NewsOboy at gmail.com. And you can also send us weird and funny news articles, and if we use your article, you will be mentioned on the show. Even if you don't, uh, even if we don't, just we'll probably mention you. Uh, just that has precedent to, to thank you for for your support. We are currently recording this at nine thirty on July thirtieth, so the likelihood that it will be released the morning of July thirty first is not high. Um, so I apologize for the delay if there is one. But our next episode will be August fourteenth. So please enjoy the rest of the show and. Um, We'll see you sometime, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see you. It's an auditory medium. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're going to do a weird article. Aiden, could you please read for me the title of this article? Passenger in clown suit prompted mass cruise ship brawl, say witnesses. Yes. A passenger was dressed as a clown and incited a large fight where passengers used furniture and plates as weapons, according to witnesses. The furniture is not a great weapon. Like a chair? I mean, it's like it's good. It's a solid shield. I mean, think about wrestling. You're sitting in a you're sitting in a chair right now. This is a large chair. Like think a folding chair. A folding chair would be a pretty good okay. weapon. You're playing they, by WWE. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. They they use those in in wrestling all the time. Uh, Vince uh, McMahon over here. I don't recognize the second word in this article. Holiday maker. Oh, I like believe, person going on yeah, a holiday. Okay. I believe okay. so. That's my interpretation. Yeah, because it's British because the boat has yeah, the it's, Union it's, Jack on it's it. It's also the, the Guardian, which is a British newspaper. I'm well aware. I just wanted to make sure. It was a week-long cruise to Norway's fjords, reportedly followed an alcohol-fueled afternoon of patriotic partying oh, on I deck. I guess that. But what? Why? Why patriotic? Well, no, I patriotic. was saying I could have guessed the alcohol. Fuel. Oh, of course, of course. A forty-one-year-old woman and a forty-three-year-old man from Essex were arrested by Hampshire police on suspicion of assault. Was when the, the ship clown docked. not arrested? I believe that he, the clown, was likely the forty-three-year-old man. Why do you say that? I don't know. Because it does not give any gender to the person dressed in a clown suit. You are right. I have not seen. You're right. I haven't seen any anything described gender of the the clown. Six people, three men and three women, were assaulted. A number of injuries were suffered, including significant bruising and cuts. Well, that's kind of that's sort of nice. What? Three men and three women. That's very. <laughs> if that's not equality, what is? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what do you think is the most insane? I mean, it doesn't. There's got to be more to the clown suit. Yeah, the clown The clown is not really addressed much. It was the clown doing the assaulting, right? Yeah. Well, it doesn't... Wait, does it say that? No, it doesn't. It it does not make it oh, clear... Oh, it said that, that it, the clown prompted it. Yeah. It does not say specifically that the clown did the assaulting. I am moving to a new article about this story from CNN. Okay. Let's see if they have more... In- 
more more to say. I'm gonna I'm it. gonna try to find that article by googling CNN clown cruise clown starts brawl on cruise ship. Witnesses say. Yep. Well, that makes it sound more like the clown did it. One witness, part of a group involved in the trouble, explained to staff that things kicked off when another passenger appeared dressed as a clown. This upset one of their party because they'd specifically booked a cruise with no fancy dress. Oh, come on. It led to a violent Wait, confrontation. Wait, why is that? Why is that such That is a... not fancy dress. Why is that? Okay, fancy, oh, oh, fancy yes, dress. Yep. Uh, the next line. In the United Kingdom, fancy dress yeah, means fancy wearing dress a costume. Fancy dress is the, the English word for costume. Interesting. And by English, I mean other pertaining to England. Fair. Costume is also arguably the English word for costume. Right. Why are you specifically allowed to book a cruise in which no one is can have a, a costume? I want to I want to see Norway's fjords, and I'll be damned Damn. if there's a single Spider Man on this cruise. If I see Spider Man once, I'm gonna go on a rage. If uh, so, if the clown had transformed into the Hulk, would that be? In violation of yes. the fancy dress provision? Well, a transformation or a, a costume change? Are, are they... Is their skin literally turning green and becoming muscular? I'm trying to decide if I want to put Bruce Banner on this cruise. That's the right guy, right? Yeah, you got it. Nailed it. Um, Mark Ruffalo on a boat. Now, hold on. Hold on a second. The story's evolving. I now have thetakeout.com... That says I don't, I'm not even familiar with. I'm that. not either. But it says copious booze blamed for cruise ship brawl that, for the record, did not involve clowns. No clowns. Okay, so I'm going to look at this. Does not seem like a legitimate news source. I'm just going to start there. Well, the first link that appears is to the AV Club. So this includes the line, but it turns out those initial reports besmirched the crossed out good name of clowns everywhere. I'm revoking the takeout's privilege. You are not allowed. Um, but USA Today. There was no clown. Cruise company police deny reports that the fight broke out because of a clown. Okay. Uh, the brawl bro- that broke out on a P&O <sighs> cruise ship over the weekend did not include a passenger dressed as a clown, as initial reports claimed. The cruise line and police say. Six people were assaulted during the early hours Friday on board a P&O Britannia cruise ship from Bergen, Norway, to Southampton, England, police added. One witness, part of a group involved in the trouble, explained to staff that things kicked off when another passenger appeared dressed as a clown. We've, we've heard this tweet already. This upset one of their party because, they, yep, yep, no costumes. Yep. Fancy dress. Actually, USA Today puts in parentheses costumes replacing fancy dress because they know that their American audience will not have any idea what that means. Like I didn't. So I don't know. This is a this is an unusual weird article because Because usually usually we don't have to check four different articles to verify the basic facts of the story. Yeah, I now no longer know if there was a clown there. Well, it wasn't. Now, here's a question. Name a costume. That you think would be justifiable for a fight to, to break out on a cruise ship. Well, the thing that immediately jumps to mind is Hitler. Hitler, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good reason. That's a very good reason. Name another. That's too easy. Um, the Falling Man? Go on. Uh, the Falling Man is a picture of um, someone falling from the top of the World Trade Center on 9-11. Oh, God. <laughs> Never mind. I've, I've rescinded the question. 
Oh no! Um, Anna Nicole Smith's drug bloated corpse. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I don't want to know the answer. Kurt Cobain's body, but with half of his head on it. <laughs> oh no! I have this is a moral quandary whether or not I want to keep this in. I'm a little upset that I started with the 9/11 thing. <laughs> yeah. Should we try that again? Yeah, sure. What costume do you think is justified? For fuck's sake! Oh, for fuck's what? sake! <laughs> Did you find a costume? Oh my god. What? (laughs) What is this? I googled offensive costumes and these are (laughs) these are bad. Okay. I don't I'm just I'm gonna put it it so bad that you can't say it. I'm gonna put it in the show notes. It's not I do not feel comfortable saying it. This is Ranger.com's list of offensive Halloween costume ideas. Jesus Christ. Let's see. Number one. Oh no! Oh no! Who did that? I. We can't. We can't talk about these. We can't talk about these. We can't talk about a single one of no, these. No, these are awful. I'm gonna leave our reactions in. If you want to look at this on your own, feel free. But I am not putting. Any, I'm. I'm not saying these aloud. This is awful. I'm. I oh like to God. think of myself as really hard to offend, and I feel physically ill. <laughs> oh my God! Did you see number eight? I don't know off the top of my head what number eight is, and I closed the list. <laughs> oh, these are so bad. Yeah, this is unconscionable. This is the worst thing that I've ever seen. I really wish that I was not so uncomfortable that I could say any of these. But if you want to find out, look look it up on your own. Ranker.com, list offensive Halloween costume ideas. I am... I am physically... I am physically ill. There was less things pertaining to World War II than I thought there would be. Yep, but there are a lot of things pertaining to national and... Yeah, recent lo- tragedies. ...local tragedies. Which is just terrible. Oh my god. Anyway... I think we can move on from this weird article on a very negative note. I'm <laughs> so upset. <laughs> it's actually so... <laughs> this is maybe the first time I've ever seen you offended. It's weirdly... <laughs> it's weirdly apropos to the Wikipedia I chose. <laughs> okay, that's a great segue. Go on. What is our Wiki of the Week? So why don't you tell me? Great. Princess Caribou. All right. Who's that? What's that? I'm assuming. Where is that? I'm assuming that it is a a spiritual royalty of an elk-like creature. You're not aware of the like actual biblical spelling of the word caribou, are you? Biblical? Yeah. Over pertaining to the Bible. The animal? I don't know if they talk about the animal caribou in 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 the Bible. Yeah, they do. Cool. Yeah, quite a few times. Ecclesiastes. I, I don't know how to spell caribou. If that is the question that you're asking. C a r i b o u, something like that. Yes. So this is not that. This is not a princess. This of, is C a r a b o o. This is not a princess of Arctic elk. The first things I see when I open the page is for the film. See Princess Caribou film, and a picture of a woman that says Mary Baker above it. Mary Baker. Nay, 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 is it nay? Nay. Oh. Nay Wilcox, 11th of November, uh, 1792, alleged from Withridge, Devonshire, England, to uh, 
24 December 1864. Happy holidays. Yeah. She yeah, died yeah. the day before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Bristol, England. Was a noted imposter? Interesting. Tell me more about this Princess Caribou. Well, so, um, read, the, read the, rest of the rest of the opening paragraph. Oh, well, she was a noted imposter posing as the fictional Princess Caribou. Baker pretended to be from a far-off island kingdom. Baker fooled the British town for some months. Fooled, fooled that town into thinking that she was royalty? That she was royalty from specifically a uh, place that does not exist. And that place is? Something with a J. Something with a J. Uh, Javasu. 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 Cool. Uh, I also see that she has criminal charges of vagrancy and impersonation. Vagrancy is an interesting one. I think impersonation is... Yeah, but vagrancy is an interesting one. Well, vagrancy has been a crime historically. I know, but... It's surprising to me that she was uh, impersonating a princess and her crim- one of her criminal charges is vagrancy. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean that that could be that, a, that could be a separate charge. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so on the 3rd of April... penalty is imprisonment. Yes. So on the 3rd of April, 1817, a cobbler in Almondsbury in Gloucestershire... Gloucestershire... British town. Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire? Yep, got the word Shire in it. Sure. Gloucestershire, England, met an apparently disoriented young woman wearing exotic clothes who was speaking an incomprehensible language. So they took him, they took her to the local county magistrate, Samuel Worrell. Uh, Worrell and his American-born wife, Elizabeth, could not understand her either. What they did determine was that she called herself Caribou, and she was interested in Chinese imagery. They sent her to the local inn where she identified a drawing of a pineapple with the word nanas, meaning pineapple in the Indonesian languages, and insisted on sleeping on the floor. So a disoriented woman speaking a language that they do not recognize. Uh Uh-huh. In 1817. Uh Uh-huh. When some people still think there are witches. Mm, Yes. But Samuel Worrell... Uh, his his only reaction was that she was uh, a beggar and should be taken to Bristol and tried for vagrancy. So that's, that's there you the, go as a vagrancy there. During her imprisonment, a Portuguese sailor named Manuel Aneso or Enes said he spoke. They changed it at Ellis Island. I see. He spoke her language and translated her story. According to Enes, she was Princess Caribou from the island of Javasu in the Indian Ocean. She had been captured by pirates, and after a long voyage, she had jumped overboard in the Bristol Channel and swum ashore. Interesting. So for 10 weeks, um, the represent- representative of exotic royalty was a favorite of the local dignitaries. She used a bow and arrow, fenced, swam naked, and prayed to a god who she named Alatala, spelling variation of Alatala, one of the <laughs> formal names for god in Islam. My, <laughs> yeah, maybe Arabic is not phenomenal. It's it's spelled differently, but the way that Aiden said it was the same. <laughs> she acquired exotic clothing, and her portrait was painted and reproduced in the local newspapers. Then a guy named Dr. Wilkinson identified her language using Edmund Fry's pentagraphia and stated that marks on the back of her head were the work of Oriental surgeons. And which he, good eye. 
And and way he, to point out he had surgery by continent. He attested to her authenticity. Eventually, the truth surfaced. Boarding housekeeper Mrs. Neal recognized her from the picture in the Bristol Journal and informed her host. Got to destroy the evidence. Rookie mistake. Yeah. What else do I need to know? So she was, in truth, Mary Wilcox, a cobbler's daughter from Withridge, Devon. She had been a servant girl around England, but had found no place to stay. She invented her fictitious language from imagery and Romani words and created an exotic character and story. The odd marks in her head were scars from a crude cupping operation in a poorhouse hospital in London. Eesh. Oh, no. Yeah, cupping, the, yeah. the thing that Michael Michael Phelps loves. What? Are you familiar with cupping? I'm not familiar with what Michael you, Phelps. What do you What cupping. do you think cupping is? Uh, well, there there's all kinds of there are all kinds of versions of cupping that I mean, if you look at open the the link, you can see. Oh, Michael Phelps does 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 cup to do it, yeah. but there's several versions. There's a lot of versions of it which draw blood, which is a little bit more. There's wet cupping, there's fire cupping, and there's dry cupping. I believe that Michael Phelps probably is doing dry cupping. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Yeah, wet cupping is when, when they draw blood wet with the cups. Wet cupping is when he's doing it during the race. Because he's a swimmer. <laughs> that is a good point. Um, so they later sent her to Philadelphia. Okay, interesting. So this is the bit that I'm... So this is an unverified story that I think is extraordinary. Please tell it to me. Um, it was printed in the Bristol Journal in on the 13th of September, 1817, that after the Philadelphia-bound ship bearing Mary Wilcox had been driven close to the island of St. Helena, where at that time the, the former emperor of France, Napoleon, was um, in exile. Okay. Um, she cut herself adrift in a small boat, rolled ashore... And so fascinated the emperor that he was that he applied to the pope for a dispensation to marry her. That story is unverified. Is the next line? Yeah, I know. That's why I so, prefaced it with this story so is unverified. In in other words, the 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 story is saying that somehow she ended up seducing Napoleon. Seducing Napoleon. That's that's a nice little uh, fairy tale. Which the, you'll notice that there there was a film made of this, which yes. was the the first thing that you saw on the page. How was that called Princess Caribou and not Seducing Napoleon? <laughs> that would be a pretty good name for it. Is that too porno? Just a quick Google. <laughs> You're just Googling Seducing Napoleon? Not on my Wi-Fi, please. Yeah, it doesn't look like it exists. Oh. Uh, a lot of people... A lot of, Seducing the Napoleon of crime comes up a lot, and I don't have any idea what that could be. The I'm, Napoleon not gonna of, I'm not going to click on the Imgur album that comes up. The the Napoleon of Crime is Moriarty's title in in the Sherlock Holmes books. It's probably that. Yeah, that's his that's his nickname in in Sherlock Holmes. It's probably that. Yeah. So in the USA, um, she briefly continued her role as Princess Caribou, appearing on stage at Washington Hall in Philadelphia. With little success. Little success is going to be a recurring theme from here on out in her story. <laughs> so she returned to England in, 19, in 1824 um, and exhibited herself for a short time at New Bond Street, London as Princess Caribou, but her act was not successful. Okay. So then it says that she may have briefly traveled to France and Spain and her guys soon returned to England and then... With the... With the, the unsaid thing there being that her act was... was Probably unsuccessful. Yeah. And then she 
I mean, she did the most 1839 thing in 1839. Selling leeches. That's pretty fun. And then in 1864, she fell and died. During the Civil War, another victim. Uh, she, she that, that was in England that she fell and died. I don't think that she was a victim of the Civil War, but that's fine. And then there's a little bit of an old lady thing about her daughter. Her daughter carried on with her business, presumably selling leeches, and lived alone in Bedminster in a house full of cats until her death in a fire in February 1900. Okay. That sounds like everything there is that we know about her. Yeah. That's... And then there was the 1994 film. Yeah, there's, there's the film. The 1994 film directed by Michael Austin called Seducing Napoleon. That's not the name of it. And then there was a novel in 2015 by Katherine Johnson called Seducing Napoleon. <laughs> Still not there the name. There was a stage musical adaptation um, attempted in 2004, workshopped, um, that was called Seducing Napoleon. That one was actually called uh, In Love with Napoleon. And then uh, there was a full stage musical that actually got... Um, it was it was translated reviews. from French, and so they, they, they took a Seducing to Napoleon In Love. Napoleon <laughs> All right, so I think with that we can end our show. Yeah. But before that, uh, we have time for just one more headline. Uh, you, you ready for that that uh, last yeah. one? All right, if you could... Um, uh, I just clicked on it. Yeah. Could you read me that headline? Yes. Fire truck catches fire while battling a fire and then explodes, adding more fire to the fire <laughs> that the fire truck was firefighting. <laughs> I have been Lowell. I am Aiden. And thank you for listening to I Read the News Today, oh boy. And with that, have a good couple weeks. And that's the way it is. Walter Cronkite.